guys, Young and Profiting Podcast has just launched Yap Society on Slack. It's a cool community where listeners can network and give us valuable feedback on the show. To join Yap Society on Slack, go to bit.ly slash Yap Society. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Yap Society. And if you're already active, share the wealth and invite your friends. Yap Society on Slack is sponsored by Compass HQ, a Slack app that gives insights to help your team work better together. Use Compass HQ to get detailed analytics, visualize communication patterns, and run surveys to collect input from your team. Visit compasshq.com to learn more. You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and today I'm talking to Mike Winnett, who describes himself as the UK's number one demotivational speaker. Mike is a successful entrepreneur who sold his last business for multiple millions and now spends his free time making people laugh through his hard-hitting advice. Mike gives folks a reality check on what it really takes to become an entrepreneur and can fronts get-rich scammers or contrepreneurs who prey on those with low self-esteem. Hey, Mike. Welcome to Young and Profiting Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me on. Of course. I'm excited and scared for this interview because you're the first comedian that I've had on the show. And so I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm excited for it. Am I your first English guest you've had on? No, I have a lot of listeners from the UK and I've had Philip Nunn. He's a cryptocurrency expert. Yeah, no, I see him on LinkedIn. Okay. So you've made quite a name for yourself over the years. You've worked with some of the UK's biggest businesses. You have a huge LinkedIn following. You sell out talks around the world, and you call yourself a demotivational speaker, which is not something we typically hear of. In fact, I never heard of that before you. So can you explain to us what is it that you exactly do? So I just let people realize that you can't be everything you dream that you can be. You can't achieve um, this huge, successful life that a lot of these motivational speakers are trying to convince you can do. So I basically just tell them to sort of reevaluate their goals, ambitions, and be a bit more realistic and understand the reason why they're being told they can achieve these things by motivational speakers, inspirational leaders, and these entrepreneurs on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, stuff like that. And so where did you come up with the idea of becoming a demotivational speaker? Well, it's kind of a play on the fact that if you look at social media now, anybody can change their bio and be an expert in their field. And it can be any field they choose. So it was just a play on that fact. So I didn't know any other demotivational speakers on LinkedIn. (laughs) So I just thought I will change my LinkedIn bio to say UK's number one demotivational speaker. And lo and behold, the request for me to come and talk started to roll in. And it was kind of a play on the fact that it's so easy to create an online persona and a background. And very few people actually do any background checks or research the people that they follow online. And I'm just showing you how easy it is to create this false narrative that I call them sheeple would sort of buy into. That's so funny. You've actually grown a huge following on LinkedIn. Why do you think what you do is so compelling? I think it's because the people are a bit more aware of what's going on. I think on LinkedIn now, we are sick of the copy and paste posts by self-proclaimed inspirational leaders. And I think there's like a growing sort of crowd for that. And I just appeal to that crowd, mainly because I'm saying what a lot of these people want to say, but can't say because they work for companies where if they sort of said that thing online, it could be detrimental to their employment or 
how they're seen online. So I think I get to say and do and be how a lot of these people would like to be. Mm, And I can't wait to get to that and talk more about that. But before we do that, I think a good introduction for my listeners is to go over some of the funny and catchy terms that you've coined over the years about people that we may encounter in our professional lives. You talk about things like entrepreneurs, humble braggers, contrepreneurs. So I'd like to unpack these. Let's start with humble bragging. What is that? Tell us about that. Well, we've all seen humble brags. You know, you see them on Facebook, you see them on Instagram, and it's a growing trend to see them on LinkedIn now. So what it basically is, it's somebody that wants to boast or let everybody know of something that they're proud of, but they realize it's a bit wanky to say, look at my new Range Rover Sport or look at my new Lamborghini. So instead of just saying, aren't I amazing? I've got myself a new sports car. They try and dress that fact up in a really nice story. So it could be, look at the weather outside today. I'm stuck on my drive. It's terrible weather today. And then it's a picture of their brand new Lamborghini with a little bit of snow on top. Now we all know what they're up to. And that's kind of what a humble brag is. So it could be, I've gone and helped some homeless person today. Um, And there's a photo of them with a homeless person giving them a coat. It's like, well, you could have done that deed without telling the world. But what you want is people to say, you're an amazing person, hon, or (laughs) you're an amazing inspirational leader. And that's what it is, but it's a growing, growing trend. And again, I think a lot of people are doing it, but it's so cringy. I don't know why people continue to do it because we all know what they're up to. Yeah. Okay. How about a entrepreneur? What is that? A entrepreneur is pretty much 98% of the people that would attend a Tony Robbins event, a Gary Vee event, Grant Cardone 10X event. These are people with all the gear and no idea. They'll tell you about their million dollar idea, but they'll tell you while they're on the lunch break in the nine to five job. They will watch I'm Not Your Guru on Netflix. But in reality, they are not going to do anything to make that dream a reality. But they would love to tell you about the new book that they've read by the latest popular inspirational guru. And they'll tell you that, oh, I'm booking a day off to see Tony Robbins. But they're never, ever going to actually do anything with all this knowledge that they're acquiring because they'd rather post about it online, talk about it to people that aren't really interested rather than actually put in the hard yards and the graft to be successful. So they're entrepreneurs. And they're an easy group to sell to because they're smart enough to realize they want to escape the nine to five Mm -hmm. or they realize they need to do something about it. Yet they haven't really got the ability or the balls to go and take that step. What's your advice from turning from a entrepreneur into a real entrepreneur? Do you know, I don't honestly, I don't think there's any advice I could give to help them. If they can't do that by themselves, then they're not going to make it anyway. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? They're a great group for entrepreneurs to trick and separate from their money because a fool in the money is parted very, very easily. So that's who entrepreneurs usually target is entrepreneurs. <laughs> okay, so tell us what a entrepreneur is. So a entrepreneur is, and this is what I'm mainly focusing on at the moment. So these are people that are selling shortcuts to success to entrepreneurs and idiots. So these are people that you'll see in your Facebook feed, you'll see in your Instagram feeds telling you how you can do a three-day boot camp with them for a discounted price of $1997 and you will be making six figures from drop shipping in six months time or from passive income through property in six months time or how you can make money flipping products and e-commerce or how you can make a million dollars a year through crypto mining. But they're always selling you a course to achieve that. Mm -hmm. The best example I can give of this would be the gold rush. There's a gold rush on to be rich and wealthy, but these people don't own any gold and aren't mining for gold or aren't digging for gold. What they are doing is selling the spades to idiots 
so the idiots can go and dig for the gold. So they're making more money from selling spades than they are making from actual gold. And that's what entrepreneurs are. And there's hundreds and hundreds of them on social media. What are the red flags to look out for so my listeners don't get scammed by a contrepreneur? Well, red flags are they'll be talking at a success resources event. They've paid to be at that show. They're telling you they've got a time-limited offer on an online course or they've got limited stock of an online course. If it's an online course, how can it be limited? <laughs> You're not physically selling a product off a shelf, are you? And they'll be telling you it gets to the back of the room now and they stack the value. The price will usually end in a seven. So for one day only, it'll be $97 for the first 50 people that go to the back of the room and sign up now. They'll inflate their achievements but really, look at a success resources event as a perfect example. How many people in that crowd are actually going to become a millionaire or make six figures from the thing that this entrepreneur is selling? I would guess probably less than 1%. Yeah. In any other industry, if you had a product that only worked 1% of the time, there would be something done about it, wouldn't there? You'd be done for false advertising or for faulty goods. But in this industry, because it isn't regulated, they can get away with it. And that's what they hang their hat on. They hang their hat on that one story about one person that's been to their course once that's gone on and done well. Yeah. As proof it works. But imagine in medical trials for a new drug. If you had a drug that only cured one in a hundred people, would everyone be rushing to use that drug? Yeah, it's so true. And now that I think about it, there's always these weird commercials on the radio and on TV. And it's like they're allowed to freely advertise their scam. It's kind of ridiculous. And this is kind of where we're at at the moment. And this is probably why Mike Winnett does well on LinkedIn. It's because there's a movement now that's aware of this because with the internet, it's a double-edged sword. Surely you can target entrepreneurs and idiots to potentially sell your scam to. But on the flip side of that, these idiots have also got social media. So when you do scam these people, they're quick to announce it on social media. Look at the Grant Cardone 10X conference in Miami recently. Mm -hmm. On the first day, there was about 2,500 tweets saying about how the speakers were just trotting out the usual drivel. It was just basically an hour-long pitch by each of the speakers there. They were teaching you how to suck eggs. So what are you actually gaining from being there? Nothing apart from you get the gravitas that's attached to your social media post saying, hey, look at me in Miami at the 10X Growth Con. Mm -hmm. well, but that's not going to make you rich. If anything, it's made you poorer being there. You've took a day off work and you've spent money to be there to hear something you could ultimately hear for free on YouTube. I know that you're trying to uncover these entrepreneurs. I was browsing through your LinkedIn and you've got a goal for 2019 to uncover the truth behind get-rich-quick schemes pushed by entrepreneurs. So you're trying to see if these shortcuts to success can really work and you're actually investing your own time and money into different popular passive income streams. So whether that's cryptocurrency or um, real estate, YouTube revenue, e-commerce, all these different types of things that entrepreneurs are trying to sell us. Tell us, what are you trying to prove with this experiment and what are your thoughts on passive income? So it's an interesting question here now. So passive income, I do believe in passive income because there's some things that I've invested in that are long-term proven strategies. So I've invested in properties. I've invested in other businesses. I've invested in stocks and shares. They're shown to work, but they're not very sexy and they don't give you the returns promised by what these entrepreneurs push on Instagram and social media. So I do believe in passive income, but it's a longer play. In the short term, what I wanted to do is actually investigate some of these, what I would call cons or scams, and see if there is anything in them. Because it's easy for me to stand on the outside and say it's all nonsense or bullshit, but that's just opinion. So I thought, 
I was successful in my last business. It sold for multiple millions. I'm now in a position where I don't necessarily have to work. I was being targeted by people on LinkedIn to say, you're just negative. The reason why you aren't successful because they don't know my backstory is because you won't give these a go. And so I thought, you know what I will do then? I will play you at your own game and I will do the courses and the scams and try these passive income streams that you are promoting and I will report it to my sort of crowd or people that follow me or are connected to me online and they can see the journey from start to finish. So I will do all the boot camps. I will do all the online courses. I will join their Facebook groups and I will do to the letter as I am told by these entrepreneurs and report it as is for people to see for free on my YouTube channel. I don't think necessarily that all of them will be successful. I don't necessarily want to go out and try and prove that they're all wrong. I would love to be proved wrong. I would love to be wrong about every single one because then if they are right and I can make a million dollars from all of these passive income streams, this time next year, I'll come on the show and say, I was wrong, but I'm also $6 million richer. <laughs> and so you're giving each one of these passive income streams a con rating. Con rating, yeah. <laughs> You're hilarious. So you're giving each one of these a con rating. Have you started already? Have you seen if any of them are working or not working or one's more viable than the other? Yeah, so we've started now. And in a weird way, this is like the lull, the quiet before the storm because we're undercover in a lot of these groups. So I'm going to boot camps undercover. I'm in Facebook groups undercover. I'm doing online courses undercover. So I can't give too much away. But we will start releasing content on the YouTube channel so people can see what scams we are investigating, where we're up to. And what we hope to do is maybe do a little docu-series or a little documentary on each scam at different stages. So this is what we did to start. This is what we found out. This is why we were doing the courses. And this is what the end results were. So you can kind of follow that online. But ones that I can tell you about, so we've got crypto mining rigs running. So far, they've not um, hit the numbers that we were promised, not by a long shot. Mm -hmm. And we've also had some technical and hardware issues with the mining rigs already. So they were supposed to last three years. We're three months in and we've already have to start replacing parts. We've got the properties that we've got in the UK. They're not making the yields promised. We've got a villa in Spain that we're just about to start advertising to rent that out. And again, the numbers promised there aren't the numbers that we're now looking at after we've made the purchase. So a lot of the people that hooked us in with these huge headlining figures and return on investments, mm -hmm. not one of them so far is living up to what was expected, which, to be honest, was kind of expected anyway. Mm -hmm. But it's easy to say that and not do it, but now I can do it and say, well, look, this is exactly what we did. This is exactly where we advertise it. This is exactly how much money we made or lost. So on some of them, I can't tell you anything about them because I'm actually working alongside or in these groups with what I suspect are entrepreneurs. Some of them even like me and think I'm the best student they've got. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you're doing this because people might think that you're negative and that you're just trying to like cause trouble, but really you're trying to help people. You're trying to help people from being scammed and being tricked into losing their money and investing their money in something that's just going to make a entrepreneur rich. So that's actually a very noble thing that you're doing. Do you know what I would say? I will say this now. And this goes to people that run these courses. If you hand on heart genuinely believe the hyperbole that you use to promote your course, you would have no problem in inviting me in. Because why would you? Because this would be the best advertising you will ever get. Because I am going to go and put it on YouTube and put it on LinkedIn where some of my posts are doing between 500,000 to a million views. 
And that will be the best form of advertising for you. If I come and do your boot camp or I get mentored by you and then I go on and make a million dollars a year doing that, surely that's the best advert ever. But you'll be amazed how many don't want to know or don't want to speak to me. And I think if you think this is targeting you or you think that this isn't right or it makes you feel nervous, then you are part of the problem. Mm-hmm. 100%. I can imagine this to be like a Netflix series. Have you ever considered anything like that? Well, if Netflix, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm open to offers because everything I've invested in so far for the last three months hasn't made me a penny so I could do with the money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So another fun fact about you is that you've got a lot of fake books out there. They're on your website and they look legit. And then actually my research assistants were looking all over for them. And then we came to realize it was just a joke. Yeah. <laughs> one of them is called Contrepreneur. Everyone is winning but you. The other one is called Are You Average? 40 Telltale Signs That You're Average. These books are fake, but you do have like a deeper meaning behind them. You argue that the average person leads a beautiful and fulfilling life, but nobody wants to admit that they're average. Why do you think that nobody is okay with being normal? And maybe let's start with some of the internal psychological factors that might be at play. Yeah. So I would say some people are okay being normal or average. I just wish more people were happy with that. Because if you're unhappy with what you've got now, it doesn't matter if you go and make a million dollars or $10 million you still won't be happy because those deep-rooted or underlying issues will still be there. And I know that from personal experience. When I sold my business, and it's crazy as this might sound, someone, you would think you'd be happy if you had $2 million in your bank account or $3 million in your bank account or $5 in your bank account. But honestly, I felt completely indifferent. I did not feel any happy by having that money. So unless you're happy with what you've got, and you appreciate the things that you've got. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You're never going to be happy with that. But I think people aren't happy with being average or they have convinced themselves that they can't settle for being average, mainly because of social media and how everything's pushed online. What you're seeing now is heavily filtered or photoshopped images pushed online with hundreds and thousands of likes. And then people start thinking that that's what's important. But really, this is a false image of a moment in their life that they've heavily filtered and altered. But then they're putting that out as if they look like that all the time or their life is like that all the time. When in reality, they've probably leased that car. They're probably at a house viewing, but they've made sure they've filmed their Instagram live there and stuff like that. So I think social media's got a lot to blame. It's the equivalent today of, say, body issues or image issues that people might have had during the 90s, you know, with magazines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just on a wider scale now. Yeah. So that's what I think is what people are more interested in. They'd rather look successful or look happy or at the detriment of real life and their everyday life. So people are putting pressure on themselves to aspire to be something that they see almost 24-7. But that's external factors that are probably influencing their internal psychology, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So your books aren't the only thing that is fake. Your name is fake too. Mike Winnett is actually just a stage name. What's the story and motivation behind creating this alter ego, Mike Winnett? Really, it was just a twofold thing. Really, I was demonstrating how easy it was to create a fake persona online and show you that if I can do it and actually get bookings for demotivational talks, which have never happened, anyone can. And the funny thing about it was I started getting testimonials and reviews for my talks that had never happened. So people would say that they'd been there and I'd changed their life or some of my words, how they'd affected them and stuff. But none of these events had ever happened. And I wasn't asking for these reviews. 
or testimonials. Wait, so you never did any talks? Is that's just all fake? I've never done one. I've never done one, but I get booked. People contact me every week, ask me if I'll come and do one. It's so funny. And this is what I'm saying. I'm doing this purely for fun and I've not got a product to sell to you. Now imagine if I had a product where I think everybody can be successful and a millionaire and I was selling it to you for $2,000. I could easily use this for evil or bad, but I don't. I'm just showing you how if I can do it and convince what you consider smart, intelligent, professional people that this is real, imagine if I was actually crafting targeted ads to you if I was getting fake testimonials, video testimonials, going on stage and talking at an event saying about, you know, how this course has changed all these people's lives, do you think I could make money from doing this? Yeah, definitely. And is it ethical to do so? No. So now this is where I think what I do is possibly misinterpreted. The people that probably think that I'm being negative and not very nice or mean or calling them out, I'm probably doing this to help them in a roundabout way, but also taking the piss out of them. Because if you're stupid and you would fall for that stuff anyway, then you deserve to be laughed at a little bit in my mind. Okay, so why the fake stage name? Like, why didn't you go under your name? Well, really, because when we sold our business, because I had a business with some of my friends, but when we sold that business, when you go through the sale, they hold back a certain amount of money and they have certain conditions linked to that. Now, I know how I talk online, even as my old name, didn't really align with how they wanted to take that business. So for the sake of ring fencing that future payment that I was due, I thought it'd be better to remove any reference to my old business and also change my surname so there was no link to the old company. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. Got it. So your real name is Mike, just not Mike Winnett. Yes, it's the same first name, which is confusing sometimes. (laughs) So for our listeners, is there any like advice within that that they can take away? If they're working at a corporate job, where it's looked down upon sometimes to even just have your own personal opinion or just not post about work. Would you advise that they might take a stage name instead if they wanted to either start a side hustle or give whatever perspective that they feel like? Uh, No, it's a stupid idea. (laughs) It's hard enough being one person without having to juggle two personas. However, a lot of these fakers do have an alter ego. They just openly admit it. So you've got all your people on there pushing these copy and paste motivational stories online, but that's all a persona that they've created. All these ultra successful backslapping groups that you see and engagement groups you see on LinkedIn, they've all got a fake persona online. They just won't admit that. So my advice would just be, just be you. Stop trying to jump on what other people seem to do and seem to get attention or seem to be successful. Everyone wants that done for you guide to success, riches or creating an online brand. And if you're going to have to, create an alter ego for your own personal brand or you're going to have to outsource your personal brand then you're missing the point completely I think if you're dull and boring just be dull and boring don't try and be funny or try and create an online persona that's the opposite of that because why would you do that Mm -hmm. it's like almost be comfortable in what you are honestly I'm like Mike Winnett when I'm not Mike Winnett if that makes sense It's, it's almost just a name now I've always called bullshit on this kind of stuff I did it when I used to have my own business I'd call bullshit on the sector that I worked in mm-hmm. or the industry that I worked in. I still call bullshit on people on LinkedIn. I think really that's what you need to do. If that's how you are really, you can live and die by those decisions. It's when you're creating this image and then if you go and meet that person in real life and they're not like that, it's a disappointment. And then you feel ripped off or let down or disappointed. So I wouldn't say create an alter ego, just be yourself. And if yourself 
is funny. Be funny if yourself is a bit out there and a bit left field. Be a bit out there and left field. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about before you were Mike Winnett. You mentioned a few times that you co-founded a startup, and I'm sure that was a lot of hard work. And Elon Musk himself has described starting a company to be like eating glass and staring into the abyss. That doesn't sound very fun. So what was your startup experience like? Mine was a bit different to Elon's. He started off with no hair and got hair (laughs) at the end of all his businesses and success. So I started off with hair and I started to lose mine. So my tale towards, uh, compared to his, it's completely different. But I'd worked in startups for 10 years in total, five years for other people. And then I felt like I'd learned enough to kind of do this on my own. But I would say it's not for everyone. I enjoy and thrive in that sort of chaos and uncertainty. But I don't think many people do, or not everyone can thrive in that environment. So if you think hand on heart, you have the drive, determination, and you're willing to risk not getting a regular wage and living and dying by solely your decisions... Because that's a big thing. Most people always look for an excuse. And at work, it'll be, well, I've not done that because I don't like my boss or I don't like my coworkers or I didn't get that sale because of price or whatever. You can't use that bullshit excuse when you're your own boss. It's you eat what you kill. You've got no money coming in. You've got no investors if you wanted to do it the way I did it. And then you have to make a product, get it out there and sell it as soon as possible. Because if you don't, they're taking your house off you or you can't pay your bills. So if you're willing to do that, live by your own decisions, have no scapegoats, no excuses, sure, try it. I'd say it's worth it. But a lot of these people that turn up to these shows looking for that one secret ingredient that they're missing or that next life hack or business hack to be successful, Mm -hmm. don't bother doing this stuff. There's no point. Just be happy with getting like the best salary you can get that's guaranteed. Because in that environment, you're probably going to earn more than what you would, you know, setting up your own business, if that makes sense. Okay, so you're saying that not everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur, but how do you know if you are cut out to be an entrepreneur? Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They're in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who want to try LinkedIn ads. You can get $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you want to make B2B marketing everything it can be and get $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Young and profiters, are you dreaming about starting a course? Do you want to go from one-to-one to to one-to-many and scale yourself? If you're thinking about starting a course, then you need to hear about Kajabi. 
Kajabi is the OG of course platforms. I've got creators in my network like Jenna Kutcher and Amy Porterfield who have been using Kajabi for over a decade. These ladies know what they're doing. They are literally the course queens. And so I took a page from their playbook and I started using Kajabi. I've been playing around with it because I'm launching a podcast course next month and I need a lot of features that only a course platform would have like Kajabi. And they've thought of it all. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. One of the smartest things that I did when I launched my course is I focused on the content. I lasered in on that. I made sure people were getting the best investment they could, that I wouldn't get any refunds, that people would tell their friends, and my course would be successful by word of mouth. And I did that by focusing on my content, what I was good at, and not all the tech. Leave the tech stuff for your course to Kajabi. They are experts in that area, and they've thought of everything that you would ever need for your course. So if you want to start your course, now is your chance. As you guys may know, I always ask my sponsors for a free trial for any software that we talk about on the show. And Kajabi was super generous. They gave us a free 30-day trial that you can get at kajabi.com profiting. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com profiting. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com profiting. Go to kajabi.com slash profiting and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Young and profiters, I'm about to be jet setting all over the world. I'm going to London, Cancun, New Orleans, and New York to speak. I'm going to be up there with the bright lights and I want to be spiffy. I want to look fresh. And so I'm going on a big shopping spree. I got to get clothes. I got to get hair stuff, skincare stuff, makeup. But I'm not going to feel guilty about this shopping spree because Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Rakuten is the shopping platform for savvy savers. From May 6th to May 13th, they're having their biggest cashback event of the year. I'm talking about 15% cashback at hundreds of stores with additional cashback bonuses. And they've got so many stores participating in their Big Give Week. So when it comes to clothes, I'm looking at Splendid and Good American. And when it comes to beauty, they've got so many good stores participating. They've got Ulta, Fenty, Bobbi Brown, Blue Mercury, and all the products that we love. Now we can get cash back. It's like getting a discount on the stuff you're going to buy anyway. It's absolutely amazing. They even have travel brands. So that's going to be super convenient for me with all my upcoming trips. Expedia, Hotels.com. You can get deals on everything from electronics to home goods to travel and beauty. Young and profiters, you're going to want to grab this limited time deal with both hands. You get high cashback rates for only eight days. So hurry. Membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app at R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Well, I think you'd know. I think, you know, if you've gone to your fifth Tony Robbins event and you're still not set up your own business or you've still not started your own side hustle, that life's not for you. So save yourself the $10,000 that you spend every year to go and see him and put it into something else. Put it into stocks and shares. Put it into the bank account. Put it into property. You're not going to be an entrepreneur or a success in your own, 
you know, company or setting up your own business. You're not going to be that thing. So I don't know necessarily what I can say there to say, how do you know you won't be? You do know. Some people do this because they think they have to. Other people do it because they know deep inside them that this is something that they can do and they are going to do and they're not going to stop. And they will do the 100-hour work weeks, stuff like that that's needed. And they will sacrifice a salary and they will risk it for the longer-term reward. But if you've got a question mark against any of those things, then what's the point? Don't bother. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one of the things that I heard you talk about that I thought was really interesting is that you believe that if you start a business, you need a clear exit strategy and that there's a big difference between creating a business and creating a job for yourself. I think this is an important lesson. Yeah, so especially with a lot of these things where if you create an online group and it could be an online group where you post content every day and it is the whatever group it might be, it's the Mike Winnet marketing group or it might be the Mike Winnet property company. And I've got a little property group on Facebook and every day I'm going on there and I'm doing the content and then I'm doing all these shows. All I'm doing there is creating a job for myself and I'm sacrificing my own time for money. So all I've done there is created myself a job. Creating yourself a business is where you can remove yourself from that environment and it can run and make money and you can do other things. And that's just an example on social media. There's other examples where you could have a beauty salon and you could be a beauty therapist there. But if you're there working the most hours in that business and if you go on holiday, the business doesn't run effectively or it doesn't make any money, again, you've just created a job for yourself, which is cool if that's what you want. It's just, I think a lot of people confuse having their own business with being self-employed if that makes sense. Yeah. How do you suggest that we create a business that can be sold? Well, I always say start with the end in in mind. Like, what do you actually want? Because you'll be amazed how many people haven't got a clue what they want. So I was very clear in what I wanted. Our target was 10 million pounds and it was in three years. So every decision we made was to make that possible. And we just backwards plans from that. So it makes every decision easier. Do we hire that person? Yes, we do, because that helps us get closer to 10 million in three years. Do we do that piece of work? Well, no, while it might appeal to you in the short term because it was a big piece of work or it was worth a lot of money, does it help you get to your end goal? Well, no, well, well, we won't do that work then. You don't go and chase the shiny objects. You stay focused on that goal. So I always say backwards plan. If you want to sell a business for 10 million pounds, you've got to think, how do I make it worth that for a start? Who could potentially buy it? How do I get on their radar from the off? How do I let them know that it's something we're interested in? What would my product need to look like or how would it complement potential buyer's products? These are all things that you have to think about. But if you're just thinking about, should I go leaflet dropping around my local area? You're not thinking of the bigger picture. Well, you know the answer to that. If that's going to help you get to your goal because you know what your clear goal is. I don't think people think about this enough at all. Some people are two, three, four years into their business, but they haven't got an actual clue where they're going or what they want. But we were, and I was very, very clear in what I needed to do. So that made pricing easy. Because if you want $10 million, let's just say you can either sell one product for $10 million, you can sell 10 products for $1 million, you can work out your numbers. Then if you can work out your numbers and you've got an end date in mind, you can say, well, how many of these do we need to sell per month to get that goal? And then if you can look at potentially who could buy us, you can decide well, do I want to create competitive tension with that potential buyer so they buy us because they want to protect their own business? Or do you think, well, shall we befriend that company so we can complement their product and they might buy us out because it complements that product? So all these things are things that we thought of in week one, two, and three. Now, how many people think about this in week one, two, and three of a business? I would guess probably less than 10%. 
But if you do that and you've got a clear goal of where you're going and what you're doing, it's so much easier. So if your side hustle is making, I don't know, picture frames on Instagram, newsflash, you're not going to sell that business for $10 million. So don't have that goal. But you might say, if I can do $100,000 a year, I'm happy. Well, cool. That's now your end goal. Work backwards from that. How many frames do you need to make? Okay, can you physically do that yourself? No, so you'll need to employ someone. How much will that cost? So it makes all them decisions easy then, I think, in my mind. Business isn't hard, honestly. Business isn't hard if you follow the rules and you're willing to put in the graft. Yeah, I mean, I think that is exceptional advice. You actually just inspired me. I feel like I need to think about my end goal. Oh, don't say that. No, no, don't say that. <laughs> Hopefully I've demotivated you from doing this stuff. It's too hard. Don't bother doing it. No, I'm a go-getter. I'm not worried. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, And this is kind of something that always gets put to me like, oh, well, some people just need encouragement. I don't think they do. It's like, if you're going to do this, you do not need encouragement. If you are going to do this, you aren't going to be demotivated by me or anybody else, all the naysayers. You will go and do it. But if you are easily swayed by these things, then you aren't going to be successful. I'll be honest. I'd never heard of Gary Vee a year ago, as mad as that sounds. I'd never ever heard of the guy. I'd never heard of Grant Cardone a year ago. Never heard of these guys. I never watched these entrepreneurs or these sort of celebrity business people on YouTube. Do you know why? Because I was too focused on my own shit mm -hmm. to care what they were doing or saying. I just worked hard, did the things that I thought were right, and inevitably it turned out to be right. But I can name you hundreds of people I come into contact with or speak to online that could quote every single Gary V episode or every single Grant Cardone quote, but they don't do anything about it because they're too busy looking for that next thing and focusing on the next tip from a, an entrepreneur to actually work on their own shit. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think you actually found me from Gary Vee. And funny story about Gary Vee. So everybody thinks I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee, but I'm really not. Like you, I didn't know about him last year. I just saw an opportunity to use automation to target his audience. And now every comment that I post on his posts, I'm like number one comment with 100 likes, all this kind of stuff. So, so is this on Instagram? Are you doing this on Instagram? On LinkedIn. Oh, LinkedIn. Yeah, so I don't follow him on LinkedIn. It's not really his platform, is it? LinkedIn, he's more YouTube, he's more Instagram. He's more YouTube, Instagram, but LinkedIn is my platform, so I've just been targeting on there. It's as if he owns shares in these companies. <laughs> I know, he's huge. Isn't it? You go and see him talk, and what does he do? He's, no, but he tells you to go and put your money into what? Advertise on Instagram, advertising on Facebook. Yeah, that's true. But what you should always do when anyone's giving you any advice is follow the money. Why would someone give you that advice? Well, because he's got shares in them companies. So as more people advertise on them things, the share price goes up, advertising becomes more expensive. Did you know this? No. Now what do you think? It's a good marketing strategy. If I own shares in a company and I could proactively talk to an audience of 3 million people a week, and my advice to them was go and advertise on Instagram, yeah, I own shares in that company or go and advertise on Facebook, but I own shares in that company and I know that the price to advertise on these platforms is going to increase. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the share price will increase. Why am I giving this free advice to people? Follow the money. Who gains from this information? And you'll be amazed by how many of these companies or how many of these people are involved in other companies and other things that, you just know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I would say out of everybody, Gary Vee is probably the best motivational speaker. At least he does say real stuff. And in my opinion, he's sort of like real as I've been like listening to his stories. He's not a contrepreneur, I don't think, compared to the other. No, no I don't think he is. This is what I want to say. I've not got a problem with all these people. 
I think it's cool if you're making money and you're successful and you've got all these business. And if you look at Gary, the numbers show you that he's got multiple businesses and he makes money doing all these things. But it's the ones I think are the next level below it. That's the one I've got the most problem with. And it's these almost like mm-hmm. copy and paste or paint by numbers Gary V. They're saying, oh, well, Gary V signs off his video with a signature, so I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to sell a 1997 Instagram course, or I'm going to do this, that, and the other. It's like, well, mm-hmm. you're not doing the hard yards. Do you know what I mean? Gary V was doing this in 2006. If someone comes out the blue you've never heard of three months ago, and then all of a sudden they're all over Instagram, they're all over Facebook with all these successes, you've got to ask, why? How? Is it true? Where have they got this money from? At least with certain people, you can say, oh, I can see their story that they did have that business. That business was sold in 2008. That business was sold in 2011. They acquired that business in 2013. But I just think people are too lazy, possibly, to actually go and look at any of these gurus that they all follow blindly. Yeah. And I think a big red flag is if they're certified 10x teacher or whatever they're calling them. Like If you have to take somebody else's course and just regurgitate whatever they're selling... It's obviously a scam. Well, I had this the other day. Someone said to me, without knowing any background, if you want to be successful, you should let me mentor you. So I said, cool, I'm down for it. You tell me the time and place and I will come and do it. Because I was thinking this will make a great episode for the entrepreneur. (laughs) So I called him out and said, all right, then fine, let's do it then. And then sent him two messages. He didn't reply. And then filled in his website. He still didn't reply. And I said, come on, let me be mentored by him. Just let me film some of it. And again, I, he sent me a message now saying, oh, I don't want to do this, sorry, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, why not? If it was legit what you were doing, you'd, you'd be happy to. I would. If someone wanted to come here now and film what we're doing this year for free, by all means do so. It'll save us having to buy videographers or pay videographers. You can come and film everything we do because it's all real and we're not selling you anything at the end of it. I'm not going to sell you crypto mining rigs. I'm not going to sell you stocks and shares. I'm not going to sell you a three-day boot camp to how to invest in property in Spain. Yeah. We're not. It's just like, this is what we've done, this is how much money we made. Or this is what we've done, this is how little money we made. There's no edge to it. And that's the bit I think people can't get their edge around. Let's take it back from before you had your startup company. You actually did work in corporate. You were, I think, at a bank early in your career. Yeah. You have a funny story about when you decided to leave, and I think my listeners will get a kick out of it. Can you tell us that? Yeah, so I worked for the bank, and that is what your nan or your grandma would say was a job for life. It was a a job that is well-respected in the community. So I worked for one of the big banks in the UK. And on my fourth day there, my line manager had a brooch on, uh, like a pin badge, a certificate on the wall, and he was looking through a catalogue. And I asked him what he was doing. And he said, I have been here for 30 years now. I'm allowed to pick anything I want from this catalogue. And I said, right, okay, what are you going to pick? And he picked a lawnmower. And it just made me think, 30 years service, the best 30 years of your life, you've dedicated, you've worked overtime, you've been through ups and downs in the bank, and you're rewarded with a lawnmower. And that was the day I decided to quit. So I was at the bank for four days and I quit, and my nan couldn't believe it. And I said, I'm not working for anyone for 30 years just to get a sit on lawnmower. That's so funny. And he was happy with that, by the way. He was happy with that. He was made up that, oh, I can't believe I can pick anything from this catalogue. You know, he could have picked a clock, he could have picked... I've set golf clubs, but no, no, he settled for that lawnmower. And I thought, no, I, I can't be asked doing this. So you were an entrepreneur from basically, you were always an entrepreneur then if you only spent four days at a bank. Um, I mean, I did other jobs. Do you know what it was? I just think like, I have never ever felt 
that someone else can put a value on what I'm worth. And I've just thought, well, I'll just do my own thing. Like now, I could easily just go get a job somewhere. I could easily do business mentoring. But I'd rather just do my own thing. Yeah. Well, it seems to have worked out. Awesome. So let's talk about your community on LinkedIn. You've garnered a lot of fame. You call yourself a LinkedIn influenza, a play on influencer. And so tell us, how did you grow your LinkedIn network? So I talk now the same way that I used to talk when I had a business. So I've only been on LinkedIn four years. And for two of those years, it was pushing my own company. Mm -hmm. And I just made observation about what I thought was crap or wrong with LinkedIn, what I thought was rubbish about the industry that I worked in. And I just spoke or communicated on LinkedIn in the very same way that I do in real life. I ever think something's stupid, I'll say that's stupid. If I think something is a bit wanky, I'll say it's wanky. I'm not really fussed about that. And I had literally no filter. It's just, if I think that, I will say that. And it got a reaction from certain people as if you can't talk like this because it's LinkedIn, but it's no, why are you changing the way you talk because it's LinkedIn? So I was just being myself and it just kind of grew arms and legs really. Some people used to like it. Some people used to not like it as the case may be, but it didn't really bother me. I just stayed kind of real to who I am and what I am and just carried on making those observations, whether it be about business, life or LinkedIn in general. And the influenza tag that I added was obviously a play on words of being an influencer because all of a sudden they started popping up here, there and everywhere with no sort of background, no sort of credibility, no qualifications. <laughs> and so I was saying that they are spreading like a virus, but by using the word influenza, I would get corrected probably daily from idiots saying, oh, you don't even know how to spell influencer. And I just thought that was quite amusing that people would constantly tell me stuff like that. It's like, oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah. And something else that's funny that you do on LinkedIn is that you mimic this bro style that Josh Fetcher, who actually came on my show, coined or started. And you do this, but then you talk about totally opposite things, your demotivational content. Yeah. So Josh was one of the original ones to block me, actually. So he was one of the inspirations behind this because he is kind of the godfather of this absolutely ridiculous paint-by-numbers, inspirational posts that will break the algorithm. He started a lot of that. He's got Banff Media, which then can do these posts for you. Now, if you're outsourcing your posts and your social media to Banff Media, is it really a personal brand? Is it really you? No. It's just Josh and his team of, I don't know what you'd call them, like buzzword kind of, they probably just sit there, just regurgitating the same stories. Because like, you see the same stories being passed around the inspirational leaders that are in the top voices on LinkedIn. You can tell a Banff Media client a mile off. I can anyways, It's because it's, it's all exactly the same thing. But yeah, so. Young and profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You got to beat inflation. I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password and then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff. Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. 
Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Young and profiters, as you may know, I launched my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass a little bit over a year ago. It was my first course. And so far, I've generated well over $500,000. And the best part is, I didn't have to figure out how to set up my mastermind subscriptions, how to do abandoned cart targeting, and all of that tech geeky stuff. I just left that all to Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And if you're in that, I need to sell more with less stage, Shopify Magic is your AI super-powered sidekick ready to whip up captivating content that converts. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell anything, anywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to the other options out there. It's no wonder Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., including huge global brands like Allbirds and Thrive Cosmetics. It took me a day to set up my Shopify store. I set up chat, took two minutes, and I was done. One month from thinking of the idea to implementation, a year later, I've made half a million dollars on the idea. That's what it takes in 2024, just a good idea and then utilizing a platform like Shopify that can help you make it a reality. There is no excuse these days. If you've got a good business idea and you think you'll be a good entrepreneur, you don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to be super techie and you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash profiting. Basically, it was kind of a piss take of Josh and his style because it's so obvious the way it's written. End on a question, end on agree. Start with an opening line. It's so basic. It's so basic. And I can't believe people can't write them themselves, number one, or can't think of a way to write which is more engaging than that style. So first of all, I love Josh. Oh, I don't mind him. I don't mind him. I think he's the smart one. It's everybody else who's stupid. It's not his fault that everybody else falls for it. Yeah, cool. No, I get that. I get that 100%. It's cool that he does that. And everybody needs a dance partner, don't they? And mine was just Josh for about two weeks before he took his ball home and stopped playing. (laughs) But it's cool because I've got another like 15 of his clients to go after. Oh my God. And they all block me and they all report me to LinkedIn and they all try and get me. But then... They say, you've copied my post, but I've not copied your post. If you read the words, I've changed your post. You want to be more concerned with the people that are in your engagement pods that have copied your post word for word. I don't see you complaining about them. So when LinkedIn get in touch with me to try and say, we've had a complaint from Bridget, or we've had a complaint from Oleg, or we've had a complaint from Tim Denning or Michael Chapman or any of these online characters. But by the way, check their backgrounds and let's see if they really have hired a different person every day. Because if you notice, they always seem to hire people that are ill-equipped for the job. Every single day. Now, what company in the world could employ 300 people a year that can't do the job, that aren't qualified to do the job, that haven't got shoes on their feet, 
that turned up late to interview, savaged by a shark on the bus on the way to the interview. <laughs> because we all know that's bullshit, don't we? So if you've got a company with 300 hires in there and they're all your best hire ever, because that's how they all end, number one, your hiring is rubbish. You need to get a new hiring manager. The company wouldn't make money because you've got no one in there that can actually do the job that they're employed for. If you've got someone working in admin that has never done admin before, you've got someone in there doing sales that's never done sales before, you've got someone in there that's got no arms and legs and he's driving the bus to get to work, it's not going to work, is it? So it's so obvious it's fake, and I'm just amazed at the brain-dead sheep that click like. But then, obviously, it doesn't really happen as much now, so that's why they created the engagement pods, mm -hmm. and they all like each other's content. So if you look at all these posts, it's the same 75 people that comment on them first, and it'll always be amazing stories, so inspirational. It's almost like they're told what to comment as well, which I know if you're in, say, Michael's engagement pod, he does pretty much tell you what to post on them. And I know this because that's the pod I have the most trouble with. Okay, wait. So explain this engagement pod more. Yeah. So an engagement pod is when a group of like-minded individuals get together and say, look, the content we post is pretty shit and no one engages with it. So why don't we all like each other's content? And then LinkedIn's algorithm will think it's popular and then they'll push that content out to more people. So we'll get seen by more and more people. But they all label themselves authentic or honest and all this kind of thing and they've got this fake persona where they're all really nice on the surface however once you're in that pod if you don't like so-and-so's pod quick enough or you don't make the right comment or you disagree with that pod then they threaten to kick you out and then they threaten you with well your content's not going to get seen anymore so I know people in their pod that are almost held hostage <laughs> but the ironic thing about it is they claim to be authentic and genuine and posting content that's good yet they rely on the pods for that content to be pushed. So if anything, you're making your own platform sterile and it's not authentic. If your content is only boosted or seen because it's unauthentically boosted, is that authentic content? So that's the irony, isn't it? Yet they would say that they've made LinkedIn a better place, but no, what you've actually done is someone here that's not in a pod could write the best piece ever, the most honest and open piece of content today and put it on LinkedIn, and it could be a real tale of a genuine hire, that, the underdog that's done really, really well and blossomed since they've been employed. But no one's going to see that content. Why? Because we've got Tony, who's also Bammy, or Lacey, his wife, or Tim Denning posting some absolute drivel that's then liked by 100 people in their pod within mm -hmm. two minutes, and then that gets forced into all of our feeds. Now, that's not authentic. That's not genuine. And, and newsflash, You've not written that. One of Josh Fetcher's minions has written that for you. So you've not even hired that person. And I'm talking to people like Liz Ryan here. They all know, because I parody their posts all the time. What I've done is, which kind of made my sort of name with really, is I've just took their look at me, aren't I amazing type story, and I've made it into look at me, aren't I a really bad boss, but I'm not self-aware, if that makes sense. So I think it's amazing advice that I'm giving you, but really I'm a really bad boss, like when I say stuff like, hire women because there's a gender wage gap so you can save money on your business and stuff like that. <laughs> and that's all I do. I just take their good news stories and their fake inspirational stories and just turn them into unhappy and demotivational stories. I'm just taking the piss out of them, really. And I'm taking the piss out of how easy it is to create that online persona. This entrepreneur get rich or die buying series that I'm doing now on YouTube, investigating these passive income streams, has only really been 
born out of having time on my hands and realizing that I might as well do something positive or good with the Mike Winnick character rather than just continually calling out individuals for posting crap Banff media posts. Well, I'm not taking sides. I like both of you. No, but like I said, you know, like He-Man had Skeletor, didn't he? Yeah. Batman had the Joker. So Mike Winnick wouldn't work if there wasn't this stuff on there. If I had nothing to parody, then what would I be doing? Yeah. Speaking of your parody, do you ever worry that what you're doing is kind of discouraging people who might just need a little bit of positivity? Or do you really feel that if you need positivity or motivation, then you're not going to be anything anyway? Yeah, it's like you should be self-motivated. There must be something inside you that makes you do things. If you're looking on LinkedIn for a post by an, a self-appointed Australian inspirational leader that as a hashtag brains over boobs, you need to really readjust your sort of mindset. If you're watching videos by people like that for a little bit of inspiration, then you've got it all wrong. You should be motivated by, I don't know, your kids or your financial situation or your social status or whatever. They, it should be inside you to motivate. Mm-hmm. Here's one. Look at the world's most wealthy people. And I'm talking about the top 0.1%. How many of them do you think are on YouTube or Instagram or LinkedIn looking for a motivational meme or a good news story to motivate them for the day? They don't give a fuck. They don't care. They are out there motivated to be successful. They're probably not even in Instagram. They're definitely not pushing a course for 1997. They're definitely not asked about likes and followers. They don't care about any of this stuff. So if you look at what we are force-fed, It's not what the very, very successful and ultra-rich people do. They don't do any of this stuff. They're not watching YouTube videos about the 10x growth con for three hours a night rather than actually doing stuff about it. Mm -hmm. Okay, something that you say pretty often is action versus the law of attraction. So can you explain this thinking? Yeah, you can put all you want on your vision board, but if you're not going to do anything about it, nothing's going to happen. That's it in a nutshell. What use is a vision board if you're not going to do anything about it? You've actually got to take positive, proactive steps to make them things happen. So it requires action to achieve things. Just sitting there hoping it's going to happen and putting a few pictures on your vision board isn't going to make things happen. But that's what you'll get. That's what you get from a lot of people. So that's why I say that the law of attraction is bullshit. The law of action is far more powerful. Yeah, I think the law of attraction puts you in the state of mind, but then you actually have to do something about it. Nothing's just going to fall in your lap because you're thinking about it. But that bit's the hard bit, isn't it? Yeah. That bit is the hard bit. It's easy to find that picture of that Malibu house and cut it out or print it out and then put it on your whiteboard. But what is your actual plan to get that? What are you doing today to make that happen? Where are you going to be in 90 days? Where are you going to be in 120 days? Where are you going to be in five years' time? But that bit is too hard. But having your little vision board on your desk at work, so your colleagues say, oh, wow, you go into the Tony Robbins event, or, oh, that's interesting, you're going to have plastic surgery or whatever. (laughs) But how do them things happen if you don't go and do something about it? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. People are always trying to get rich. People are always trying to lose weight. And people will always look for shortcuts for them things. So there will always be people willing to part with cash to find out a shortcut or a lazy person's way of doing it. But There are guaranteed results that will help you get these things, but they are hard to do. And that's why most people don't do them. What's the stat? Is it one in 500 people are millionaires? I'm not positive. I think it might be that. So just based on that number, say if there's 30,000 people at a Grant Cardone convention and Grant Cardone saying, you can all do it. Well, the stats tell me that you're telling me you're lying, Grant. You're talking bullshit. 
but of course you tell us we can all do it because you need to sell 30,000 seats at this event. Honestly, if I had a product that I could sell to these people and I was happy doing it and unethical enough to push that product, I would tell every single idiot I come across, you can definitely be a millionaire. Definitely. Just buy this course and I'll teach you in three days. So speaking of financial goal, yeah. with your whole Mike Winnick character, all the stuff that you're doing, do you have an end goal in mind? No, no. It's just literally at the end of it. I'm happy to dead the character once I've done this Get Rich or Die Buying series. Once I've done that, and hopefully people can then see and they can make an informed decision whether these passive income streams are as lucrative as they're promised by these people that are selling them, then I'll just go and do other things. Because like I said, I do have genuine investments that work. And by the way, if these passive income streams genuinely work, I will just continue doing them, but I just won't really document it anymore. That's awesome. Well, I commend you on what you're doing. It's very interesting. You're very entertaining. It was so nice to have you on the show. Where can we find out more about you? And do you have any other companies on the horizon or real books that you're going to put out? Yeah. So the actual book that you mentioned, so The Contrepreneur was a book that I actually started to write. And we were 75% of the way through writing it. And when we spoke to publishers, we realized that we didn't even like what they were telling us. So the publisher was telling me how they could make me an Amazon bestseller. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a con. What you do is you pick a niche that's really easy to sell in because there's not much competition. You drop your price to 99p. You sell that book at 99p for 48 hours. You sell 200 books and guess what? You're an Amazon bestseller. And I said, no, no, I want to be an Amazon bestseller because I've sold thousands and thousands of books and made a lot of money through selling the book. I don't want to make 99p off 200 books. I can't be asked writing a book for that. But you'll see people lap that up because they want to say that they're a best-selling author because then it means that they can then go on stage and then they've then got the credibility. So even that just made me think, Jesus, I'm trying to write a book called The Contrepreneur and now you're telling me a contrepreneur way to becoming a bestseller. I don't want that. So I just sacked the book off completely. And then I thought, so what can I use the word for? Because I, I quite like the word. And I thought, well, why don't we just turn it to, instead of sort of targeting people on LinkedIn, which was the original premise for the book, you know, how you can easily create a fake persona and grow it online. Why don't we actually look at the schemes and scams and passive income streams and then turn it into a series and put it on YouTube and just make it free for everyone. So that is what I'm doing. But in terms of actual companies, I've got a property investment company Mm -hmm. that um, I've got some of my investments in. And I've also got a production company that I've co-founded with one of my old business partners from the online training company that we sold in 2017. So I've got two genuine companies, but they're not like public or what would you call them, like customer facing. Mm -hmm. They're just like stuff that I do my own thing through. So you can find me on LinkedIn, which is Mike Winnett. It's sometimes a bit hard to find me as LinkedIn, make it difficult to find me on there. I'm on YouTube, which is the main place to find all this entrepreneur content we're going to be uploading. And also we've started to upload some of the Josh Fetcher inspired humble brags. I've started to animate them as well. So instead of just putting them out in written format on LinkedIn, I'm also turning them into cartoons. So you can see them, they're on stuff like feminism in the workplace, equality, diversity, work-life balance, mumpreneurs. So they're all sort of like subjects that are worth watching. It's all done in Mike Winnett style. They're quite funny. And then we've also got the Instagram page, which is also Mike Winnett's on Instagram. Awesome. This was such a funny conversation. I'm so happy you came on the show and I hope we keep in touch. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast. Follow Yap on Instagram at Young and Profiting and check us out at youngandprofiting.com. And now you can chat live with us every single day on our new Slack channel. Check out our show notes or youngandprofiting.com for the registration link. 
And if you're already active on Yap Society, share the wealth and invite your friends. You can find me on Instagram at Yap with Hala or LinkedIn. Just search my name, Hala Taha. And a huge thanks to our international Yap team. My partner in crime, Timothy Tan. Producers, Stephanie, Shiv, and Hisham. Our audio producer, Danny McFadder. Marketing manager, Steves, and her promotions team, Kayla and Parth. Our web manager, Christian, and project manager, Ryan. And last but not least, our Yap Society on Slack team, Nicholas and Julian.